WBNE. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Netchill. And today we're killing our bosses. Oh, or maybe we're just going out to dinner. So hire a guy to pee on you. And call Gregory. Because today we're bringing you horrible bosses. Ethan, I do want to be clear before we get started, and I'm not really talking to you, Ethan. I'm talking to you, Brad. That's not the amount of days ago. Hang on. Brad, I'm not going to kill you, but I do know you listen to this show. It was a bit. It's for the intro. For the listener who's not hey, Brad, Siri, Brad is my real life July boss. 8, 2011. So, Brad, you're not going to die. 3,882 well, days ago. Brad, you will die, but not by my hand. Tyler, I or, will be 100% honest with you. I am absolutely not going to kill your brothers. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that as well. Do you also answer to Jordan? Do you want to give a little PSA to Jordan? Um, Which, by the way, while we're doing that, WB&E, I mean, Bacon and Eggs, Project of WB&E, where you can listen to amazing, great shows like Late to the Party, which just dropped a new episode this Frick Hog week. And just passed 100,000 downloads. Boom. Which means it is top echelon podcast. Anyway, go ahead. Are you no, not I was gonna just going to say I'm not going to kill your brothers. Or, or Jordan. I don't. I don't know if I answered to Jordan, honestly. Can you just say, I won't kill Jordan? I'm not going to kill Jordan. Okay. I mean, because you were like a little a little resident to say that. No. Well, I, first of all, I'm not going to kill anybody. Red, Second reticent? of all. Reticent? Is that, that's not how you use that word. I don't know how you use the word reticent, but I think you could have just gone with hesitant. No, it needed an R sound. Arr. I listened to an episode of 99% Invisible, as long as we're talking about other podcasts. Uh, it was a great I'm episode. I'm Roman Mars. I'm Roman Mars. Um, but Roman wasn't on it. He, it was one of those ones where he, you know, gets somebody else to host. Let me, uh, so the other dude that was hosting was talking about like an Irish airport, but he couldn't, he had a, like a minor lisp where his R's like, kind of came out a little rounded. It was fine. It didn't like bother me or anything, but it was like, he was talking about Ireland and, and all this stuff. And it just came up so many times and I just heard it a lot. I'm not upset. I just, I actually, th I love that about podcasting, especially big podcasts that have people that have sort of non-traditional speech patterns. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this movie was directed by Seth Gordon. We went to high school with a Sarah Gordon, probably no relation. Um, came out on July 8th, 2011, which what? 2011 does not seem possible. No way. I swear to God, we went to see this movie in Newport News, which doesn't also in, doesn't seem possible now. In theaters. 3,882 days ago. $35 million budget. $209.6 million at the box office. 69% critic rating. 70% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 57 on Metacritic. Tyler, before we get into professional critical reviews for this movie, were you... Shocked by the content in this movie? No, not at all. Really? Uh, so I will say this. This uh, with actually, the exception of the fact that that uh, Jennifer Aniston plays a person whose primary weapon is their sexiness, and that there's a character named Mother. Uh, I was relatively shocked by the content of this movie. So like, like I remember Spacey, this movie being not wholesome, but more wholesome than it was. Like Kevin Spacey shoots a guy like on camera, right? Yeah, I didn't remember that. No, I, I guess 
I feel like Ethan seeing this in 2011 would be like, oh, yeah, par for the course. And then Ethan in 2022 would be like, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> um, that being said, I got a negative review here from uh, Sandra Hall, the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, who says the trio's hysteria mounts in a minute it conspicuously designed to conjure up comparisons with the panic experienced by the boys in the hangover one out of five <laughs> your australian accent broke on conspicuously so it's Cons- like yeah the trio's hysteria mounts in a minute conspicuously designed to conjure up <laughs> your australian accent never got out of the I gate never got there the trio's hysteria mounts in a manner conspicuously designed to conjure up comparisons with the panic experienced by the boys in the hangover in the hangover. In the uh, hangover. Sandra Hall. I don't know that we've ever read one of your reviews before. Um, I can see how you would think that this was hangover-esque. Honestly, this to me, watching it today and yesterday compared to what I've been watching, was much more similar to the, I want to say the right word here, reticent. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was the same flavor. Cock. Cock. Pass it. Pass it. It was the same f- flavor to me, truthfully, as Jennifer's body. It's got that, it's it's this sort of like highbrow, aware of itself, gross comedy. Like Jennifer's body, obviously further on that spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This this felt so similar to that to See, me. See, I, I actually really get the, um, the hangover comparison. Because... Prior to The Hangover being made, I do think that that is definitely an influence of the movie, because prior to The Hangover being made, this movie is just Jason Bateman and Charlie Day. No, Jason Sudeikis was on SNL. It doesn't It doesn't matter. That's not the point. You have 100% straight guy and 100% not straight sexually, straight, like, not, uh, you know, the, the, the straight man, the, the, the straight man and the funny man, right? Like, right. You have you have 100% one side and 100% the other side. And then Jason Sudeikis is in this movie. Can I tell you about Jason whereas, Sudeikis? Whereas real the Hangover, quick? you have Ed Helms on one side, Zach Galifianakis on the other side, and Bradley Cooper's in this movie. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like yeah. I mean, like, dude, just kind of go with the flow. Like, maybe we should kill people. Who knows? And Charlie Day's like, yeah, yeah, I think we should kill people. My boss, sucks. my boss, sucks. <laughs> and Jason Bateman's just like, guys, I really don't think we should do this. This seems like insane. Yeah. Uh, so I get it. Does have the same mouthfeel as The Hangover, right? When I saw this movie the first time, when we saw it in theaters, and that this is the, that's the only other time I've ever seen this movie. I've seen it a few times. Oh, I have I have been afraid to revisit it. And Did I, you honestly, like it today? I don't think it aged as well as I hoped, but I also don't think it aged nearly as badly as I imagined it was going to. It uh, Upon reflection in 2022, The Hangover is funnier. When I saw this movie in 2011, I would have told you this is funnier than The Hangover. I don't think I would have compared them then, and I don't think I would now. I can see the influence, and I see what you're saying, and I see the similarities. But to me, that's like when people are like, Harry Potter's just Star Wars. It's like, okay, shut up. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But this is not- strictly not an ensemble comedy. It is also not... A funny guy and a regular guy buddy comedy. Correct. Right? It's not Mean Girls. It's, it's also more, not a Will Ferrell movie. It's got some Mean Girls in it. It's a better script than, say, uh, Daddy's Home. That's not hard. Or The Other Guys. It is not a better script than The Other Guys. That's a good one. That's a good one. That movie, especially with the, the fact that cops suck, Ugh. that movie is aged like fine wine. There's that scene in the other guys. It was on TV the other day where like Mark Wahlberg whoops a bunch of dudes' asses, and Will Ferrell's like, "Man, can you? What is it like? He shot a rod or something?" Yeah, 
<laughs> the other guys is worth it if for no reason other than the fact that they and, and you had to be around for it to know this, but they advertise it as like Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. And Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock are dead in three minutes. Yeah. Like they, they jump off a building going aim for the bushes, aim for the bushes. And then it cuts <laughs> to them at like a funeral. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's like aim for the fucking bushes. What do you mean aim for the bushes? Uh, that was a good one. I haven't revisited that in a long time either, so I don't I don't know that I can say which one is better and which one is not, but like that I, I don't think is is as easy as a You busting out a La Colombe right now? No. Oh. It's a Minuteman IPA from Three Notched Brewing Company. They call it an IPA? That's a New England IPA. I don't know. Not quite. That's what it is on their menu at the restaurant. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. I've got a report here. Uh, there's a negative report from Shubra Gupta at the Indian Express. I think if I tried to do that, it would be actually offensive. And no, you have to a read a positive review. review, though. So I have to read a positive review. I've got David Sexton from the London Evening Standard, which is not India. Um, I mean, like, there's a kind of in there, but it's definitely not. Um, it's not very tightly plotted or precisely scripted, but the three leads have lots of obvious camaraderie and energy together. Confirmed in a bloopers reel after the end credits, which helped to keep the film moving along. Are they, the, the, the David Attenborough did not work for that blurb. Yeah, it did not. So, zero out of 100, Tyler. Shoot dang, man. I don't know. Every it's week. comedy. Every week since the first person in his life said shoot dang to him, it has been me. Zero out of 100, Tyler. Tyler. Shoot dang, man. <laughs> shoot. What, how did Hunter used to say it? I was talking to Hunter shoot. this week. Shoot. That was exactly it. Hold on. Let me see if I can get a good one in. Let me warm up. Shoot. That was pretty good, but That's not pretty the best. Good. That was pretty good. Shoot. It was, it was way up there. The viewers are enjoying this. The listeners are like, what is going on? And then it dropped down below middle C. Like middle C has adjusted for voice parts. Not Yeah, absolutely. You know. Shoot. Um, so here's the thing i don't know um, 65 i could go with that I, I i do want to apologize for what i just did and it sounded like i was making fun of you I, I i'm not absolutely at all making fun of you for saying shoot dang i think it's great um if you want to adopt it as like a, a personality trainer catchphrase i'm totally on board with that but i just wanted to give the listener an insight of what it's like inside of my brain where i cannot turn off the thought of like oh tyler said that 86 times in the last week you should point you it either, out you should point it out motherfucker you should point it out you should make it feel bad about it and then sometimes it just gets there it just goes before hey, i can you know stop what it. it's you're being tacit right now okay i was not okay so here's the story <laughs> i for a long time, I played the New York Times crossword every day, okay? And I've gotten back into it recently. Um, the mini, and so, not like, the full. What? Do you do the full one every day, I do day the full too? every day, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so for listeners who have never played the New York Times daily crossword puzzle, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's like, it's a pretty hard crossword, right? Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday, you're getting your teeth kicked in. Yeah. You're sitting there like, what do you, what do you mean lay to rest? Like, like L-A-I-T, like, like milk. What the f*** talking about New York Times? And it's like, it's, it's a pun and a rebus all on top of each other. And you're like, I don't know how to do this. So when the New York, when the Wordle, regardless of New York Times ownership status, it's just like, that's how word games are in my mind. When the Wordle was like, oh, we're going to do tacit. I was just like, yeah, that's a crossword word. But I it's not a Wordle word. Legitimately though, I like on, on guest number three for tacit, I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's, ta no, I've already used the T. And then it was tacit. And I was like, I can't believe it was tacit. That was the first and then, time like, the entire like, world was mad. And I was just like, oh, so can I, I know you're a crossword guy and I try to do the crossword. I'm a. I'm a Jeopardy guy over wheel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Obviously, Tyler. What kind of stupid? I mean, I, I agree with you, but that's being like, you know, I would rather eat a donut than a pile of poop. I mean, Vanna White stuck around. Alex Trebek didn't. He had cancer. <laughs> he died of cancer. That was an insensitive joke. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I want to I want to rein that one in. That was insensitive. Alex Trebek was for me was on par with like Robin Williams. Uh, like Alex, yeah, I agree. Celebrity deaths that wrecked me. Bobby Williams was God be the worst. Uh, yeah. Kobe has grown on me. Yeah. Because I just I started to like the concept of basketball more. At, well, but the, the thing with Kobe is like there's always the 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 specter hanging over me just because I, you know, I, I've lost both my parents at this point. But at that point, I lost a parent. And so I just sort of like felt for the other kid of like, Dad, why did you get in the helicopter if you thought right. the helicopter was unsafe? Right. And that is just always stuck with me and will probably stick with me forever of like the the hearing Kobe Bryant be like, yeah, we don't take the helicopter together in case it crashes and both of us die. And then he died in a helicopter crash. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'd rather talk about a comedy. I um, would too. Um, I would give this movie a 70. Vanna White stuck around. Kevin Spacey's career didn't. <laughs> oh, Shoot. Do you man. hear about how Kevin Spacey's going to make a movie um, about... Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey is going to return to acting in a movie about a guy that like beats his allegations. Oh, that's not good, man. That's not good at all. I'm like, Kevin, 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 just like Kevin. what you did was horrible. Again. What you did was horrible. But if you had f***ed off for five or six more years, we probably would have forgotten all about it. But you keep making, didn't he make but videos keep, as like, as Frank Underwood yeah, being like, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, I tried to not defend him, but I tried to just be like, oh, you know, he's changed. And he just hasn't, you know. But that man, yeah, I could buy him a shovel and it wouldn't help him dig harder. But, again, you can't hold movies against the people that were in them um, to some no, extent. No, you can't I mean, hold, you can't, you can still like 21. Yeah, yeah. You can still like this movie. Uh, you can I guess still like Baby Driver. 70? You can still like, you can still like Baby Driver, definitely. Um, although, there were issues with Daniel Elgort, too. That movie's getting harder and harder. But it's I'm got very Jamie Foxx in it. To say it's got Jamie like, Foxx in it. Jamie yeah, Foxx is a good guy. I'm very afraid to say something like, "Well, you know, Jamie Foxx will never do something dumb." And then, like, yeah, tomorrow will, will it's like Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx pisses on a minor, and I'm just like, right. "Oh god, <laughs> oh god." Here we go. Now, I want you to think in the era of Ted Lasso. I think I hate every other role Jason Sudeikis has ever done. So that's what I want to talk about. Jason Sudeikis is not the only one to do this, but he's a certain flavor of comedian who was actually, like he is a comedian, but he's a comedian in a genre that didn't exist 20 years ago. Right. He's a dramatic comedian. Yeah. In a way that like Truman Show isn't funny. Ted Lasso is. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Jim Carrey can do dramatic, can do serious. Robin yeah. Williams could do dramatic, could do serious. But Sudeikis does dramatically, comedy. seriously funny. Yeah. And there's a couple other people that do that. Bill Hader, he has that assassin show. Yeah. I think that's pretty heavy as uh, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a spectrum of between between Barry and Ted Lasso, right? Where like where Bill Hader is a like literal assassin. He's a hitman. He's a bad person. And at the beginning right. of the show, he's like, I'm a bad person. I kill people for money. At the beginning of Ted Lasso, Ted's like, yeah, I know it's stupid for me to go coach soccer in England. Like they do the same thing, right? It's 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 two different fonts of the same type of show. Um, 
But that makes me, I, I, I'm almost scared to revisit like a movie like We're the Millers right now. Which you don't I think, think you'd would, like We're the Millers? I don't know, man, because like the whole, every time Sudeika said something really just bad, I was like, this is, I'm physically uncomfortable with Ted Lasso saying this to me. <laughs> he doesn't have mustache. He doesn't We're the Millers, doesn't he? No. He doesn't? No. Huh. And so the thing about Jason Sudeikis is in a lot of these, I'll call them early roles, but pre-Ted Lasso roles, you know, sort of SNL era to now, uh, every time, and We're the Millers is a really good example of this, I'm watching it and I'm like, you aren't the guy that they wanted to cast for this part. But the guy that they wanted to cast for this part isn't as good of an actor as you. Right. Like he's killing it in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because of who I'm like aware he is as a person. Think about We're the Millers. I'm almost certain, because it's a lot of the same crew, right? Jason Bateman. Sudeikis and Aniston, yeah. And Bateman and- Yeah, and uh, Emma Roberts and- Emma Roberts. Uh, uh, Will Poulter. Will Poulter's so good. Will Poulter is another one who hasn't had his breakout role yet. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, he he will- He will get an Oscar. I don't know about an Oscar. I do. I'm calling really? it right now. Really? Yep. Yep. See, I think he would, he would end up with like a bunch of like Golden Globes. You remember Game Night? I do. Game Night sucks. Oh, right. You're wrong about Game Night. I don't. I didn't like Game Night that much. Game Night is amazing. Game Night is Bateman, right? It's Bateman, Will Poulter. See, the uh, interesting thing for me is that like... Oh my God, what is the woman's name? Hold on. The love of my life. Other than my wife, of course. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. The interesting thing about this, about Sudeikis' Ted Lasso is that, like, I had no problem seeing Jason Bateman as his character in this and not Michael Bluth. I had no problem seeing Charlie Day as his character in this and not Charlie from It's Always Sunny. I could not see Jason Sudeikis as Kurt. That's so weird you say that. Jason Bateman feels to me like he's always playing the same character. Like, I didn't mention Jason Bateman in our conversation about Barry and Ted Lasso when he has Ozark, because he doesn't strike me... Ozark isn't funny. That's it's not funny. Ozark isn't a comedy in any way. Ozark is Ozark is a drama. Is Breaking Bad yeah. for Jason for, Bateman? For Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But like Arrested point, Development man. is that kind of comedy. Not the same, but like it's the 2003 version of that. Of what? Of the the like it's the 2003 version of Barry. The like kind of like dark sort of edgy comedy that sort of flew around the genre restrictions. Uh, like Ted Lasso is unlike anything, like comparing it to Barry isn't fair. It's unlike anything that's ever been done before. It truly is. Barry? No, Ted Lasso. No, oh, Ted Lasso is so good. Yeah, it, it, but it, that is a completely new genre of television. I think we're being a little unfair here. There's a name we've brought up a bunch of times who is a comedy actor who very well has transitioned into drama and comma dramedy, comma drama, comedy dramas. And that's Jennifer Aniston. You go from Rachel to the morning show. Yeah. And listen, Friends wasn't a guarantee. No, I mean, Aniston's definitely... Um... Coming out of Friends, let me tell you what you got coming out of Friends. You got Aniston, who's a proper superstar. You've got Schwimmer, who was a giraffe in Madagascar. Yeah, you've got... Uh, you've got Matt Matthew LeBlanc, Perry who's done nothing. You've Hold got... on, let me get to Matthew Perry. You got Matt LeBlanc, who was a Top Gear host, or was. You've got Courtney Cox, who had, like, mom shows. Good for Courtney yeah. Cox. Um, Lisa Kudrow... Who did a commercial for Nintendogs and Hey, she and, was the she was the slutty guidance counselor in Easy A. That's true. That was sleeping with Cam Gigande. That's the last time she existed. It's not true. She was at table thirty two or table twenty seven or whatever. What is that? 
it's a movie about a group of wedding guests who were at like the furthest table from the bride and groom ah. and them kind of like having this come it's awful but she was in a Nintendogs commercial and you've got Matthew Perry who's writing a book about his journey with drugs yeah he he looks like he's done a lot of drugs well he actually already wrote the book I believe it's coming out soon the last time I saw Matthew Perry I was like man the Friends cast hasn't aged all that well except for Jennifer Aniston but like Matthew Perry is aged badly He's gained all of Jennifer Aniston's years. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Matt, if you're listening, bro, I love you, man. I love you. You're great. You were Chandler you, fucking Bing. Okay, that's you all you also, needed to you do. You weren't just Chandler fucking Bing. You're Matthew Perry, man. You're my guy. But uh, yeah, the, the assumption that we're making is that any of the, the Friends cast owed us anything after Friends. Um, I know, right? <laughs> which anytime you're in the biggest TV show of its, of its era for 10 seasons, like you don't owe us anything. You're making a million bucks an episode. Like you, you won, right? Yeah, but uh, you know who does owe us stuff is the Breaking Bad cast. I disagree. But also, I think they've given us plenty of things. I have not. Brian Cranston's in everything. <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on, let me try it. I have never seen Brian Cranston in a Nintendogs commercial. I think Lisa Kudrow's got the edge there. I think we Imagine are... calling Lisa Kudrow in 2002 and being like, hey, you know the dad from Malcolm in the Middle? He's going to be a bigger star than you. Like, you have no idea. He's going to be known as one of the greatest dramatic actors to ever live. <laughs> I know you're in season eight of Friends and you're Phoebe. You're dating Ma like Paul Rudd on the show. But he's oh, going to be. Hold on. Let me tell you how Paul talk Rudd. About, let's talk about Mike from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> You also dated, uh, what was the name of, uh, oh my God, the actor or the character's name? Hank Azaria. You dated Hank Azaria. Oh Hank Azaria <laughs> might be a little problematic. I can't quite nail it's it down. It's entirely possible. <laughs> Hank Azaria is like the Philip Phillips of comedy, though, man. That guy. <laughs> like he does voice Apu. That but guy, is that his fault? Like <laughs> That guy did absolute <laughs> bangers. And then just like disappear. I mean, I guess he's still in Simpsons, but like he used to do stuff. Who, Philip Phillips or Hank Azaria? Both. Because <laughs> Philip Phillips won American Idol, which is why you don't hear about him anymore. Uh, but yeah, Hank but he dropped, he dropped uh, uh, Gone, Gone, Gone and Home and then disappeared off the planet. Um, Hank Azaria was in a movie that I think about all the time. Uh, anytime there's a movie about running... <laughs> It, it embeds itself in my brain. It's this um, weird thing, though, and this is um, this is one of those things that's going to sound horrible until I like finish my sentence. There's some but, white boy on a podcast language right there. Be very careful. No, but what I'm going to say is like like Hank Azaria. I'm not going to say that Hank Azaria walked so these people could run, but I, I do think that like Hank Azaria is obsolete in his, in what he does and has been made obsolete by guys like Kumail Nanjiani and Danny Putty and like actual South Asian superstars, comic superstars. Mm -hmm. that there's just like, there's no need for the guy that plays Apu on The Simpsons. Anymore. Okay, but Hank Azaria is more than just the guy that plays Apu on The Simpsons. He's but in I, Smurfs. I, I, I don't think it's his fault, but I also think that he has stuck with it too long. I think... Um, he will never get that stink off of him at this point. I I can't find this movie, Ethan. What movie? The running movie. Like the it's like it's called like Fatso Runs a Marathon or something. Oh, I have no idea. Run Fat Boy Run. <laughs> Simon Pegg and Hank Azaria with Thandui Newton. Oh, Simon Thandui? Pegg is one of these guys. What about Simon Pegg? That he can do he can do drama. He's he's the the Sudeik, he's British Sudeikis, right? He is everything Ricky Gervais wished he was. Ricky Gervais isn't funny, uh, but he is, isn't he? No, no, maybe, and like maybe because like, because I've watched the British office, right? Yeah. 
it's it's tough to watch in a way that the American office isn't. And I'm sure it's just a cultural difference, but like you feel like you're supposed to be rooting for Ricky Gervais in the American office or in the British office. You never feel like you're supposed to be rooting for Michael Scott. <sighs> Michael Scott. Michael Scarn. By the way, we are um I know I make a lot of these bold claims. I'm gonna say Three years from society of being done done a second 180 on The Office. Being in on The in, Office yeah. again? In. You think we're out right now? We're out right now. We're as out as we've ever been. Yeah, I, it was time. I, I agree. I agree. But there's so many people that, are, that these days are just like, oh, man, I never liked The Office. I couldn't watch The Office. They did the prequel thing, right? Let me so tell you one thing. It's due for its its prequel arc to come back around. We were, uh, listen, I was in on The Office. I liked it when I was on the air. I liked it afterwards. I, s- I still like it to this day. I still like it to this day. I do not watch but it obsessively compl- like some people, but also like I get why people don't like it. It's hard to watch. I, I mean, no, I've even pitched not liking it. Yeah. Right? Like I've I've been on the proponent of not liking it side. I really have. Uh I think, I think the, that's the, the wrong approach. I think the incessant rewatching of Michael Schur's sitcoms is and will remain for a while a problem in the American media consumption lexicon. <laughs> like as I much as I love the Good Place, Parks and Rec. Um, I guess he did Brooklyn Nine Nine and The Office. Like it, it's the same thing. It's that there. That's the Pixar of comedy television. Where like you have to stop. You have to watch a movie outside of your box, right? I want to tell you, you this. Have to. Brooklyn Nine Nine is Cars, right? Uh, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine is The Incredibles. No, I think it's Cars. No, it's The Incredibles because everybody likes it except me, and they swear it's the best one. I think you spend too much time at that office with those Carlin brothers. No, I've been I have been vilified for my not liking The Incredibles all that much since The Incredibles came out because by many people wrong. in my life, including you. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely wrong. I'm not. You know what this is, Ethan? It's a super overrated Pixar movie that didn't deserve a sequel. The sequel That's sucks. Wrong. This is a skate key, idiot. I didn't, I didn't, honestly, <laughs> hey, Tyler, I'm the 100% with you. That's good on you, bro, because I didn't, I straight up didn't listen to your question. <laughs> and I'm realizing now you said, you know what this is, Ethan? And I said, it's an overrated Pixar movie that didn't deserve a sequel. That was so good. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Good sir, I have been got. Uh, oh man, okay. So we have not we have we have danced around this movie. It's like okay. we haven't we haven't gotten off topic, but we never got on topic either. So I want to tell you what this movie has in it. It skirts. This is an issue that's near and dear to my heart. In 2011, would have been a little bit before it was as near and dear to my heart as yeah. it is. Uh, Jennifer Aniston's character being like the female in a position of power, the way that she treats Charlie Day's character. I actually, I think the writing here is brilliant. Go on. I think that in 2011, most people would have uh, erred on the side that that the other guys did, where they're like. Oh, I mean, it's not it's not sexual assault if she's hot. Yes. And I think that's how this was meant to be taken. But I think it's one of those things where it has accidentally aged really well, really well to being like, wait, that's super wrong. Right. And Charlie Day the whole time is like, no, guys, this sucks. I hate it. It is. It is sexual assault. I do not feel comfortable in this workplace environment. I shouldn't have to put up with it. And I also can't talk about it. I also can't talk about it with my friends. Right. Like it has. I think it is. I don't think it was designed to be as evergreen as it was. And I don't think I do it was think, designed to get better. What? I don't think it was designed to it, get yeah, better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think it was the it was the throwaway plot line of the three of them. Yes. And I think hindsight, I think I've probably had the other two bosses. Yeah. I haven't had the Jennifer Aniston. No. Yeah. But yeah. also, like, Bateman and, and, 
and Sudeikis are not good people either. No. Like, they don't deserve to be treated the way they are at work, but they're not, like, heroes here. No, I mean, any any group of dudes who comes up with this plan, right, sure. is not a hero. Right, but... but in this, in this, so this is a, a movie made in the recession, right? After oh, the, that was the most bonkers thing when the buddy comes up and he's like, oh yeah, yeah I can't Lehman find brothers. a job. I would kill those Lehman Brothers right now if I could. Yeah. Can't find a job after the recession. They fired us from Wall Street. I, I was, was like, like, I forgot that was a thing that happened. I forgot that like people couldn't find, I understand lots of people are experiencing not having a job right now, but you cannot deny that there's a ton but of demand a, for workers. Yeah. That was a different scenario entirely. Right. That was like, nobody has money to pay their employees. Right. Um, Everyone's poor. Everyone's poor. Yeah. Um, Which was a lie, right? Like the money didn't. Somebody had the money. I don't know, Tyler. When the recession of 2008 hit, I was 15. I didn't (laughs) know. I was very fortunate not to be affected by it. I was very fortunate not really to be affected by it. At all. But I don't know anything. I know the money stayed with the media and the accountants. I know it stayed with Jeff Bezos. I know I know he probably made money since then. Yeah, but like I think in 2011, 2010 when this was made, they were supposed to be three working class heroes, right? And in 2022, this is a great study in the concept of the anti-hero. Where like these are bad people basically think, trying to eat the rich. 2022 I think if you try to make this movie for the first time in 2022, you sit down and you're like, these three guys hate their jobs and they hate their boss. The result immediately, regardless of the job market, is they quit and they live as they live as people that don't make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's what you do. They they quit their jobs. Yeah. Ugh. Although, honestly. Yeah, in, in, in 2022, this movie is called Essential Workers, not Horrible Bosses. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's about three managers who have employees they can't stand. Yeah. Um yeah, it, that, that's the thing is like in, in 2022 the the managers who work for the people that own the company also have a side in this. Right. Uh You ever had a toxic sales manager? Yeah. Hey, if you ain't filing, you're dialing, you know? Uh, yeah. If you ain't if you ain't signing and driving, then you're driving and signing. If you're if you're not dialing, you're fired. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> I pay you to dial the phone. Yep. That's not why you pay me. You pay me to make the big bucks. Make good sales on a well-rested mind with a nice Sudoku book right here. You tweeted at Sudoku Twitter yesterday. Sure did. Oh, so that's actually the point I wanted to get to. I'm a Jeopardy guy over a wheel guy. I don't know if I'm a crossword guy over a Sudoku guy. I'm a big Sudoku guy. Oh, I'm a crossword guy. I like Sudoku. It doesn't scratch the itch. Oh, man. I So at my desk, this is that's where it's great, really gotten bad. That's a great analogy, though, because those two things are pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sudoku doesn't take any skill. No, it doesn't take any trivia. No, it doesn't take I any skill. I would say Sudoku is significantly more skill than crossword. No, no, it's not. The crossword is trivial. It's not just trivia, though. It's it is reading comprehension. It, yeah. So there's a because like it, I, almost I, like granted, this is not all crosswords. I only have the I've done the USA Today a few times and I've always been disappointed by it. the MIT crossword is a full on mind game. Not like, oh, it's a game that trains your mind in the like Will Shorts is trying to fuck you. This is why I stick with Joel. Well, he's just the only guy that does the minis. But like 
It is you because you have to know what they're getting. You have to know what they're getting at. Like Sudoku is just nine numbers. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't not take skill, but you can also just brute force it, especially on an app. Uh, so I prefer I do the app a lot, but I absolutely prefer I, to do Sudoku on paper. Yeah, I, which is the opposite of how I feel about crosswords. Crossword is a computer game. Yeah. Um. So I have I want my, it to check for me at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can check the Sudoku. <laughs> I know. You don't even have to check the Sudoku. I know it it's right when I'm done. Yeah, I don't. Because I, it's not, not done until it's right. Right. There's only one answer. Yeah, until, until I have that last number. Yeah. Um. Give me one second. I'll be right back. I've got to help Emily with something. Yep. Oh, yeah, I, I got to help Emily with something. As you can see, oh, I Oh, yeah, you're like, oh, I got to help Emily with something. Come back I, with a burger. Come back. It's a... I've actually never had it. It's a buffalo chicken sandwich from RB's. Oh. Uh, and it's a it's a bag full of jalapeno poppers as well. But I didn't the, go to RB's in the last two minutes. Here's the I, I didn't think you did. <laughs> Pretty sure the closest RB's to use the towers. No, there's one in uh, southeast. Okay. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah, there is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Everything on the RB's menu slaps. End of story. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you Everything on, on the Arby's, Arby's menu slaps. Did you ever notice we made like, a bunch this conversation of with people honestly? Where they're like, Arby's is trash. Who's keeping Arby's in business? Me. My fat ass <laughs> keeping Arby's in business. Arby's, have you had their milkshakes? Yeah, dude. Everything. I've gotten on this stage in life with fast food that it's a dangerous spot because I cannot afford it the way that I'm doing it. But I just go in and a la carte buy anything that sounds delicious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I look at the menu and I'll be like, like literally today I was at Arby's and Emily was like, I want a smoked brisket combo. And I was like, cool. Hey, can I get a large smoked brisket combo? With a large Diet Coke and an extra. Here's the thing about Arby's, though. Arby's Hold on, can does... I finish my order? Yeah, sorry. Can I get a uh, half dozen and a half half jalapeno dozen and poppers? A half. And... 18 jalapeno. No, half dozen and a half is nine. Oh, half dozen and a half. Okay. Nine <laughs> jalapeno poppers. <laughs> Nine jalapeno poppers and uh, so hold on, we got two sandwiches, three large curly fries, two large beverages, a full-on appetizer. Is that mozzarella sticks? Look a brother up. I'll take whatever the large version of that is as well. I got great home. Thing. I couldn't even begin to eat all of this nope. food. No, nope. great thing about Arby's, and this is what I love about them, is they'll be like, and this is again, I'm a large man. I get it. Okay, occasionally I eat fast food, not nearly as much as you would think. Ye who is judging me for being fat. Not nearly as much as you think, but more than a skinny person, I would say. Um, the fact that your podcast is 90% Wendy's drive through I don't know. It's a toss-up on how much you eat. I don't. I have not been to Wendy's in a year. What about Jimmy John's? I've eaten Jimmy John's once since I've lived here. I and saw I'm you at Jimmy John's just yesterday. What'd you say? I said I saw you at Jimmy John's just yesterday. That's not true. In fact, I see you at Jimmy John's pretty much every day. Well, I do There's live a- above it. <laughs> it's the same front door. <laughs> anyway, the thing I love about Arby's is they've been doing this like two for six shit, right? Where they'll be like, you can get a beef and cheddar and also nine chicken nuggets for six bucks. Throw a drink on that out the door. Seven fifty gone. I will say dollar fifty for a small fountain bev. You have to understand McDonald's does dollar drinks. Yeah. McDonald's will give you a large drink even if you don't ask for it at this point. Yeah. Be like- I went to Schmack Donald's the other day and I was like. Oh, 
really helping yourself out here. I did the thing. I did the thing. I, I did. You know, McDonald's is doing the menu hacks thing right now. No, you didn't. I didn't. Oh, so I didn't get the land, air, and sea. I'm not crazy. Okay. Which, by the way, McDonald's did two things when they introduced the land, air, and sea as an official menu hack. One, they made the most disgusting sandwich ever. For what? If, if you don't understand what a land, air, and sea is, it's a Big Mac with a whole fillet of fish and a whole McChicken on it. No, no, it's it's not a Big Mac, is it? It's a Big Mac, my guy, with the bun in the middle. So there's two. How many buns are in this sandwich? I, I think five. Are you reticent to say? I think five. <laughs> I believe that it is bottom bun McChicken and bottom bun filet of fish and middle bun Big Mac and then top mm. bun Big Mac, bottom bun Big Mac. Maybe you call anyway. Up the yeah, guys the land, air, and sea. The land, air, and sea is a Big Mac, a McDouble, or a McChicken, and a filet of fish in one sandwich. I did not do that. I'm not crazy. Uh, What'd you do? I got the so. I just feel like if they're going to call it menu hacks, they have to make marketing that says McGangbang. Anyway. This is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. Not only with introducing the land, air, and sea did they make, A, the most disgusting sandwich ever made. Like, worse than the KFC Double Down, which was just a bacon, egg, and cheeseburger where the buns were chicken breasts. Chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Or Um, not chicken sandwiches. Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, just greasy chicken. Uh, But two- they they codified they they canonized codified? the yeah. McGangbang. Right. That's they the, said we heard the you. Hamburger. We heard you. You're sticking other sandwiches inside of your sandwiches. <laughs> now, listeners, if you're not familiar with what a McGangbang is, that is a McChicken shoved between the two patties of McDouble. Yeah. So you pull the you pull the bun out. No. And you negative 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 Ghost Rider. You you just open you split the burgers and shove the whole McChicken bun and all inside. No, no, no I wasn't saying. I thought you removed the Big Mac bun. You don't. Uh, it's He's a got McDou- the bun in the a middle, right? bang is a McDouble, not a Big Mac. Oh, okay. Because the McGangbang originally only cost $2. And you got this insane sandwich. You got this, yeah, you got a McChicken and a McDouble, and you you anamorph them together. <laughs> anamorph. <laughs> into one insane thing. What I did get was, um, first of all, when you get the menu hacks, they don't they don't put the sandwich together for you, is what I learned. Like, I imagine if you get the Lander and see, you just get a McDouble or a, a, a McChicken, That's a filet of fish, and a Big Mac. Dumb. Which is stupid. But That's I did, the stupidest thing. I did get what's called the Crunchy Double, which is uh, which is a, a double cheeseburger where you remove the bottom bun, insert four McNuggets, put barbecue sauce on it, and close the bun. Oh, that's pretty good. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be 100% with you. Did slapped. <laughs> Have you ever had McNuggets? Yeah, iced. Are you nuts? I'm a guy? big proponent, honestly. I get. I've. I it, life comes in waves, as all things do. You know, this sort of the motion of the ocean and relationship, Earth and the Moon. I would say I'm on a nugs down right now, and nugs I'm down. on a. I'm on a McChicken. McChicken's probably leading the charge for me. I honestly, um, I I used to eat a lot of McChickens. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a McChicken. So I used to be a McDouble guy, and that's kind of. You know, you got I, a couple different variations. I used to be a McDouble guy too, but now the McDouble's like three dollars. I know, yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm not buying a McDouble for three dollars. I could buy a Big Mac for five. Right. I'm just gonna get the Big Mac. Do you remember where you were when you had your first Big Mac? Um, I I do, actually. Tell me more. It was it was like maybe a year ago. 
No maybe way. Not even, maybe not even. We've talked about my first Big Mac experience on this show, and we never brought up that. Am I a bad friend? Do I not ask you engaging questions? No, I just did. Like, I can't. I can't say I'm 27 years old and I've never had a Big Mac. It took me probably 22, 23 years. I can't say I'm 27 years old. I eat a McDonald's more than your average skinny person. I've never had a Big Mac because I'm afraid of fast food lettuce. Because I don't like it and I don't want to eat it. And they're going to give it to me whether asked for it or not. It's weird you said lettuce to me, and I don't even know if a Big Mac has it. It's uh, fast food tomato? Big Mac does not have tomato. I think that's what saved it for me. This is what I love about McDonald's, right? Because the Big Mac is the only thing that has lettuce on it, and nothing comes with tomato. Except for maybe the chicken sandwich. Like, the original, like, when they were like, oh, crispy chicken sandwich. Not like, we're gonna we're gonna emulate Chick-fil-A. But the original, like, oh, we got the crispy chicken sandwich. It has lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise on it. McDonald's doesn't put mayonnaise on shit, and McDonald's doesn't put lettuce or tomato on anything. No, I'll tell you, McDonald's it. is, is oh, they, I mean, uh, McChicken comes with mayo, right? Like yeah. A, like a and heavy lettuce. mayo. And lettuce. Yeah. Um, oh, I get my McDoubles. I, I get my doubles without both of those things. So you just get a cheeseburger. No, sorry, not McDoubles. My McChickens. So you just get bread and chicken. Oh, no, I get them with ketchup and mustard. Gross. It's not. It's delicious. I would get it with mayo and lettuce. Mostly because I, I never remember McDoubles, the lettuce. I get a McDouble standard. That comes with ketchup and mayo, right? It comes with ketchup, mustard, pickle, cheese. Weird. The co- the double quarter pounder and the quarter pounder come with uh, lettuce, tomato. Your knowledge no, of this menu right now. <laughs> Tyler, this is what it's like in my brain. I can tell you what comes on every sandwich in every fast food restaurant in America. Do you know that? It's that's just how so my funny. brain works. I've He's never so even funny. been to a goddamn Culver's. I know what comes on a butter burger. Uh, yeah, because Culver's is selling you a product everyone else is already selling you. Exactly, but it's perfect <laughs> marketing. It's so, so good. Double quarter pounder and quarter pounder come with um, cheese, ketchup, mustard, pickle, onion, diced onion. I get it without the diced onion. Big Mac comes with lettuce, diced onion, Big Mac sauce, cheese, extra bun. Hold on. What is it. your go-to? Um, not Subway the restaurant, but Subway the sandwich type. Submarine sandwich. Your go-to submarine sandwich archetype. My go-to submarine sandwich archetype. Yeah. That's a weird question. It's not. I have I have probably top three pecking order. Well, because it, it, it entirely depends on where I'm at, right? Uh, so I'll be 100% honest with you. I'm not getting a cold cut sandwich from Subway under any circumstances. It's not happening. Wait, like the Subway cold cut? Like, what do you get at Subway? Either a meatball marinara or a uh, chicken bacon ranch, depending on when I got paid last. <laughs> uh, well, because the meatball marinara is like five fifty, and the chicken bacon ranch is like eleven ninety five. Chicken bacon ranch uh, is a series of flavors that I think people are lying about enjoying. I think they're like you're supposed to like these three things, so obviously they're delicious. No, I love it. I love the show, Subway chicken bacon ranch sub. I love it on pizza. Hidden it's Valley delicious. has gotten to you. They have hunted you down. They sure have. Said, I didn't eat ranch till I was like 24. Um, you got got. I got got. I've been got. Uh, obviously, Jimmy John's, which I've been to like three times in my life, uh, doesn't have, do hot sandwiches. So I'm getting the equivalent of the Subway. The, the the BMT from Jimmy John's. Bigger, meatier, tastier. Yeah. No, I... Submarine... From Firehouse, I'm probably getting, like, the barbecue brisket. That that guy slaps. Toasted sub sandwich. What are you getting? Well, from Subway, I'm getting either the chicken bacon ranch or <laughs> the meatball <laughs> marinara. And from Jimmy John's, they don't do hot food, so I'm getting, like, the Jimmy John's equivalent of the... The, uh, <laughs> the BMT. The BMT. You've been with me the singular time I've ever been to Jersey Mike's. I don't remember what I got. It was in Dulles Airport, and I didn't enjoy it that much. Um, uh, you probably went for... Uh, like a Chipotle Philly 
Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Do you know and mine? Then, and then anywhere else, I don't really get a sub. So let me tell you my sandwiches to hopefully. Do you know my sandwiches? Do you know what I order in order? You're an Italian guy. You're just like I'm my an dad. Italian guy through and through. through. You're through. Just you like my dad. would not believe how much I love an Italian sub. Yeah, no, I I know Italian Do sub you know comes with all kinds sub? of stuff. So I I am what we would traditionally call um, a picky eater. Shockingly, would you say I'm, that? what I wouldn't call you a picky eater. I would. I don't like a lot of things. I know that you and Kate. I don't want. You, I feel like you're gonna take this the wrong way. You and Kate, very similar to Emily and I, cook simple meals a lot. Uh, sure. I know that, and simple meals are typically picky friendly. And what I mean by that is like macaroni, brownies, pasta. I am the limiting factor in this household for sure. Why do you say that? Well, because Kate will eat anything. She likes sushi. She ordered sushi tonight. No way. Where'd you go? Uh, she got DoorDash sushi from Taste of Asia. Nice. And I believe she described it as, yeah, it tastes like I'm gonna have food poisoning. I'm going to Disney World. In two days, I'm going to just have COVID. So I... I Hold on. I, do you know my second sub? No. But I'm you talking about guess? me here. I'm talking about okay, me Okay. Okay. I am what we traditionally call a picky eater. Not in like... not. I'm not the worst by any means, but there's a lot of stuff I don't particularly like. Um, I try to give a lot of things a shot, but like if I'm ordering for myself, there are plenty of things I'm just not going to get. I don't really like lettuce tomato on a sub regardless. Like turns me off like a lot of subs. I, so I don't like I don't a sandwich mind. at all. I don't mind LT on a sub. Um, I love I a salad. Love, I don't like lettuce on a sandwich. I don't like LT on a uh, burger. Yeah. Jack Brown's is my perfect burger place. Yeah. They don't even have lettuce. It's not in the building. Yeah. I don't want don't it have, there. They don't have a lot of things. I don't want it there. Um, but like, I'm not the, the, I'm the fourth pickiest eater in the office. I would say, hold on. Because Kat eats Happy Meals, basically. Riley doesn't like a lot of stuff. And Jordan can't eat anything with garlic in it. So I would have said if Kat eats Happy Meals... Which is awesome. Which like is actually orders, like that's her. Oh man, she doesn't like. She, she got a piece of pizza today and said, "Oh, that's too tomatoey." She doesn't like. She doesn't like tomato in any form. Like she's oh, pasta. Like, I like tomato. She doesn't like pasta. She doesn't like. She she can't have pizza that's too saucy. I don't understand people that don't like pasta. This comes back to my Italian sandwich roots. Um, I also have a joke about the Italians to remind me of that. Um. If I start cooking regularly in my house and don't have like a heavy grain on every plate, I feel like I've failed as a chef and I know yeah. that that's wrong, but I always feel like, and like heavy grain is even probably the wrong way to put it, but like a meal should be based around grits or potatoes or, or pasta or right. rice. You know what I mean? Like I'm always like, you have to have that element and I know that you don't. But yeah, I always get frustrated. I always try to include some sort of grain in my dinners. My joke about Italian subs is that you know the details of every menu item on the McDonald's menu. I couldn't tell you at all what is in an Italian sub. Oh, I couldn't either. I just know it has lettuce on it. And I don't want it. I think it's like ham, salami, Genoa. The one I get has like spicy peppers and banana peppers, lettuce, tomato, so, honestly, oil and vinegar. Honestly, sandwiches is is where I think I run into my with the exception of mushrooms. I don't like I don't eat mushrooms at all. I love mushrooms. Um, I also will just like like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complete. I'll just eat. I I've I've gotten good at eating around it. Right. Like I'll just they'll be if I if I have something that has mushrooms in it, they'll just be a pile of mushrooms at the bottom of my bowl or plate or whatever. And like, then and a, then I go. This is actually what happened. Uh, this is when you met your fiance's father. Is you guys had like a soup with mushrooms in it at dinner and you didn't eat the mushrooms. And in order to prevent him from noticing, because he's an intimidating guy, Mr. Elliot, I snooped in and literally all I did was I took a soup spoon, <laughs> slurped the mushrooms up with a little bit of soy sauce, and then I was out. And you know, to this day, it's still just like a every time I go up there, it's like a running joke, running gag around the house. Like, oh, you didn't fucking eat mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ethan's coat, I can't make anything with mushrooms. 
Uh, but like I try, the, I, I try yeah. to eat new things. I try to like expand my palate all the time. Kate and I get meals delivered from a service called Factor, just one of those like prepackaged like you know. You don't you just, do Mike meals? No, I I just I, I just haven't asked him honestly. Mm. Um, but like I don't I don't think too much about what's in the Factor meals when I'm ordering them, and then once they're there, I just eat them. Right. Like, I'm trying to, like, expand things that way. But then, like, you know, I'm not huge on seafood. And I swear to God, Kate's parents, and I love them to death. They're some of my favorite people in the world. Every time I go up there, they're, like, challenging me. They'll be like, we made, like, lobster and mushroom bisque. I'm like, mm. <laughs> with a side of, of, of mushroom-crusted With a side salmon. of mushroom-crusted mayonnaise. <laughs> and I'm just like, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I love, you know what? I love lobster so much. A little bit of mushroom and salmon cooked in sesame oil with a with a uh, uh, like a sriracha mayo or like oh man I could eat I'm like I'm not a big like I'm not probably not gonna order a fillet of fish at McDonald's but like I'll eat a piece of fish it's not my favorite thing in the world I'm probably not gonna order it if I go to a restaurant but if somebody's like here I cooked you a fish I'll be like yeah cool I'll eat this fish like I'm not I don't think I could choke down salmon man I can't do it I really? cannot do it I hate salmon. I love salmon. I'm pretty mild when it comes to fish. I'll do I obviously like salmon. super mild fish, like tilapia or something. Like yeah, uh, honestly, God, right if now. I was gonna eat salmon, I'd rather have it in sushi than like cooked uh, up on a. But I typically, if I'm at a restaurant and I'm feeling seafood, I'm ordering the salmon. See, that's the difference between you and me. Is I'm never at a restaurant feeling seafood. Oh, it's it's. You weren't a beach vacation kid. I was. You were. Yeah. Did you guys do seafood? Yeah. Oh, see, that's how I got into seafood. Oh, I used to and, just like, eat. I would go to everywhere that had crab legs and eat crab legs. And I think I just soured myself with crab legs when I was a oh, kid. Oh, dude. I, I used conquered. to love crab legs and now I can't eat crab legs. I, what about soft shell crab? No way. Not happening. You couldn't do it? Not happening. The, like, the, in the, the same way that if somebody shape? served me an entire fish with like the eyes still in it, I'm going to be a little oh, grossed out. it's not happening. Yeah, yeah it ain't happening. I, wouldn't, I couldn't do that. It's weird to me that like fish with head chopped off would be more appetizing. If they brought the skill. My big thing with anything well, if they I've wheeled never a eaten whole before, pig out to me, I don't think I would eat it either. I've done it on the spigot where you just pull the. Yeah, that's a goddamn lie. I lied to you, listener. I just lied to you is what I did. Yeah. Absolutely. I would eat a pig luau style. Yeah, like crunch yeah. through the. Yeah, absolutely. Um. My big fear, and this is, a, you talked about first world problems at the start of the episode. I've got a couple here. Anytime I'm ordering something new at a restaurant, it's always somewhere pretty fancy and it's always pretty expensive. And my constant fear is that I'm going to eat it incorrectly. Yeah. Like it'll be something like I order the fish and it comes with the scales on and you're supposed to leave the scales. And I won't know that. Right. You know, that's always my biggest fear. Actually, I'm very happy that, that I went on a beach vacation to eat with you that one time. Because I got to ask your dad the question, do I eat the swordfish, do, do I eat the, 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 the skin part or not? Your dad was like, no, you don't eat the skin part. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I wouldn't know that. That would have happened to me if we made swordfish right now. I'd be like, I'm going to eat the skin. Because people always talk about salmon skin. And I think salmon skin. Salmon tuna. That's like really I have no idea. My other first world problem is I went to a Valentine's Day dinner where you get like pre-portioned courses. This is like the yeah. one rich thing that we do is you and I both do this. So you can't go to a prefix. To, go to a prefix. I love a prefix. Like, yeah. Uh, but they gave you a couple choices for entree and the salmon was the cheapest. It blew my mind. Like you could spend $24 on the salmon in addition to 14 for your starter. To be fair, like you went to Billy's. I did you go to Billy's. Billy's. This is like twenty four dollars like, for the salmon. They're like, we have a fish because we have to. I disagree because the best menu item they have is the shrimp and grits, and that was twenty seven up from. Okay, first of all, first of all, first shrimp of all, is not fish. I get it. Shrimp Fine. is not fish. Okay, shrimp is not B fish. definitely Billy's is like, they're 
a steakhouse, they have to have shrimp or they have to have fish. Two, their like Mornay chicken breast thing that's on there is like a like a chef's specialty. It it's is the, thing the chicken they is, recommend. Yeah, and then if you get the prime rib, it's four times bigger than your head. It is. It's a lot. So it's of, like it's like thirty four dollars for a steak you couldn't eat in eight meals. Yeah, but that's not really worth it to me. And this is no, why I, I never agree. order steak. I think prime rib is a waste of money. Oh yeah, I, this is why I never order steak is because. Typically, steak on a menu that we for, for like a nicer restaurant we go to is at least twice the price of the burger for the same cow. I had a forty five dollars steak on Saturday, and I loved every minute of it. Was it twenty seven dollars better than a delicious burger? You know, a burger is just steak plus bread. Well, they didn't have a. This restaurant did not have a burger. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody has a burger. Well, this place didn't. Where'd you go? Alexander's. Where's that? Next to corned beef. Yes, it is. Yeah. So my dad used to work there in the 80s, back when it was mm-hmm. like like tux and white glove waiters. Nice. But they, as far as I know, like haven't changed the menu very much since then. So was it, it was very much so like- it was a $45 steak then? I mean, it was, it was a filet. Yeah. It was, it was delicious. Was it? Yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome steak. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's good for you. Yeah. I like a filet mignon. I do. I'm coming around on steak, uh, but yeah, basically my rule with steak is I try to keep it as a treat. So if somebody cooks it for me, you know, because that's typically also better than what you get at a restaurant. I feel like when your boy's standing over there by the grill or at the cast iron tasting in front of you, it's a better taste than the guy who's making meals for 50 tables. It depends though, right? Because a lot of, it depends on the restaurant because a lot of restaurants, a lot of restaurants are, are by default serving you the dry aged beef. Yes, they're so good. Which is just flat out better. Yes. And if you take a cut of dry aged beef and you sear it on all four sides for about eight seconds, it's going to be delicious. Yes. But I don't know, man. What, for one thing, we're friends with Chris and Michael, who Mike is like a professional chef. That's his job. And Chris Millahan knows how to make a steak. And Chris, like, that's like his hobby is like, how do you make the best? Very expensive steak. I grew up learning to make steak in a house that could not afford as nice of steaks as Chris Millahan's house. So like Chris and I, I think both grew up similarly like where where I know for a fact that I did the grilling from the time that I was like 11. And I'm pretty sure the same deal was was true with Chris. He was at least taught. Yeah, it was a rite of passage. I know my way around a charcoal grill and making a, a cut of meat on charcoal grill just not quite as good as Chris does. Yeah. So like when it comes down to, we go on a trip with the three of us and he's like, I'm going to make steak. I'm like, God damn it. It's like the one thing I'm good at. The one thing I know the how to do. The one thing. That's why I make soup. So I, 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 I will say this. I do like a lot of foods that I think a traditionally picky eater would not jive with. Like I don't think somebody that, that doesn't eat, uh, now, and, and Kat's going to think I'm talking shit about her. Kat, you're the best. I love you. Um, but, like, I don't think Kat's a big French onion soup person. Picky people don't like French onion soup? I don't think picky people like onions that much. I, I don't think I respect that opinion. But, like, I like I like balls-to-the-wall hot curry a lot. Yeah, but you, that's I weird like curry to me a lot. You're not, like, a spicy guy in the wing category. I am not a spicy-is-my-personality-trait guy in general. I actually yeah, hate I mean, those you people. Like I, think, curry. I think the hot ones does more harm than good in the world. I think... I completely disagree. Have you actually watched the show? Yeah, I have. I, it, it's not about the show, though. It's about the it's about the the dude bro mentality that comes from it. I don't. I think you are mischaracterizing. No, 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 no. No, you're you don't know these people, Tyler. You simply do not. You don't have friends like this. I I don't have friends. You could have stopped there. So I have friends whose I whole know. look at this. You got 
pounds on me? You got more friends than me? Yes, Tyler, I'm fatter than you. That's <laughs> traditionally a good characteristic to have. <laughs> no, so um, I have friends whose entire personality is like, I watch the hot ones and I buy the sauces. I would never buy the sauces. And look, if you want to do that, that's, he doesn't even do sell that. his own sauce. If you want to do that, that's fine. Like, I have no problem with that. But if we're out to dinner, shut up. Uh, you, like, to me, spicy food's not a flex. It's not a flex, right? Like, it's not, it's not like, you're not going to the gym and lifting more stuff than me. If you're like, oh man, like, we, we went and deadlifted together, I can lift That's, more weight than you. If you're like, hey, I can Ethan. handle a higher Scoville than you, that makes me more of a man. I'm like, shut up! I want I you like to know, barbecue yes, sauce. yes, Ethan, that is what flex means. One man can lift more than you. I know that, Tyler. I'm aware of what flex means. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I, I have these friends. Uh, it's like I went to, to I went out to, to get Thai food one time, my brother or my buddy Charlie. Um, and he was like, yeah, can I get the five star spicy? And, and they were like, no, it's not on the menu. And he's like, yeah, but I know you can do it. And they were like, OK. And he took one bite and he was like, this is inedible. I was like, why do you want that? Why are you? You don't want that. Why are you this guy? Right? Like, Did I don't you know. Did you go anyway, for five star spicy? So my thing, what? You said you like super spicy curry. How no, spicy? No, 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 no. I like, I like, I ate the curry, the normal curry when I was in India, which is like pretty damn hot in America. <laughs> I always imagine India, because I, I, I've thought very little about what I think of the climate of India. I always imagine it's like 95 degrees. That seems like a not curry conducive temperature. Uh, the climate in India is a lot like it is here, honestly. Oh. Except without the cold part. Mm. I think we should wrap the show. I did want to. I did want to round out one last thing yeah, with this conversation, go ahead. though. Um, what I so here's my thing, and this is where it comes down to with sandwiches. I don't like lettuce, tomato, and sandwiches. I actually don't really like raw tomato in general. Um, just as sort of like a like a sticking point. <sighs> I've come around on the BLT, which is a weird thing. I ha I don't think I will ever. It has three of my least favorite things, which is lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. You could do an aioli. You could, sure, that's fine. But we're not talking about we're not talking about restaurant quality here. We're talking about you get the BLT at Waffle House. Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like I try to, and this is where it comes down to a sandwich a lot. This is why I don't really order Italian su subs. It's because I like a lot of things on the Italian sub, with the exception of like the lettuce, uh, maybe the mayonnaise. It depends on the um, the sub. But like I try to, especially when I'm at lunch, ordering in like a lunch line, I try to order something that I don't make any substitutions to. Especially like I go to On the Rise, I'm never going to get the Italian sub at On the Rise, right? Because I love the turkey brie um, and I, I like it as it comes, right? I don't have to be like, hey, can I get an Italian sub with no lettuce? Um, so that's where I come down to a lot is like I will just generally really order something that I, I will default to something that I don't have to make substitutions to. I am the same way. Especially when I, I'm uh, with a group of people who are going to be like, oh, wow, you don't like lettuce on your burger? I, because uh, lettuce on burger people feel like they need to prove something, and I don't understand why. I just don't, like, it's, I understand its purpose, right? It's the refreshment, it's the coolness, it calms Never it down once, a little bit. and I feel the same way, I feel the same way about a damn whole onion ring on my burger. Never once have I eaten a hamburger and thought, you know what? This would be better if it was crunchy. Not that once. segues me into a really nice point. Um, and on the topic of not adding, not needing to change my order, the one exception to that rule is at Taco Bell. This is a very weird thing. I at will Taco not Bell, eat Taco Bell lettuce. I will not do it. Uh, I will. Yeah, I, do I will not do it. It's so disgusting. I hate it. They hit you with, "Do you want any sauces?" And on instinct, every time I say, uh, "Fire sauce, please." 
I never put it on my tacos. But I feel like if I say no, then like I'm insulting them in some way. And like I need the 13 year old, not 13 year old, 17 year old that works at Taco Bell to be like, yeah, this dude pulling up with the car seats. He's cool. Here's the thing about Taco Bell. I do not really understand what the sauces are for, because with the exception of the occasional time that I order a Doritos Locos Taco, everything I get from Taco Bell already has a premium sauce on it. Uh, the sauces are there for... Uh, like it's got Chipotle Ranch or... Uh, the point of the sauce, Ethan, is so that the 17-year-old behind the counter knows whether or not you're cool. Well, every time I go, I'm like, they're like, do you need a sauce for that? I say no. They, they think you're not cool. Because the thing is, everything I ordered with, everything I order already comes with sauce on it unless I get a, like a regular taco. And it's that's wet enough already. Yeah, the, the ground beef in the open face taco is know, wet enough crunchy, already. Is wet enough. Yeah. Wet is a weird word to be using here. I'm reticent to say it. Somebody's going to send me an email on how to use this damn word. I'm, I'm thinking about Hamilton. I'm trying to remember the context. I could Google the word. Madison's always reticent, hesitant with something. Oh, I I would have spelt it wrong. I don't like spelling things wrong. I'm actually super embarrassed that I even admitted that I didn't know how to spell a word. I know how to spell most words. Not revealing one's thoughts or feelings readily. No, 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 no. Ethan, I'm good at spelling is like a hidden talent that I refuse to tell people about. Yeah, but you're not good at spelling. You just spelled reticent wrong. Shut up. Yes, I am. Yeah, but if you spell reticent wrong, you're not good at spelling. (laughs) I, I get that. I... I used to have a really... Okay, so being good at spelling is not about knowing how every word is spelled. It's about understanding the functionality of language to be able to figure out how to spell every word. Yes. That being said, I don't know how reticent is spelled. I'm assuming it's with a C and you wrote S. I wrote S-A-N-T. It's C-E-N-T. I would have told you R-E-T-I-C-E-N-T. No, you would not have. Is that right? Absolutely, (laughs) I would have. That is right. Um, this is what you're talking about. You you got on my case about tacit. I know tacit is a word. That's a word I game word. I know tacit is a word. That's a word game word, man. <sighs> People were mad about caulk. Can I take you through a timeline of our lives? Yeah. This that's is, a this bonker is, sentence, but yeah. The, the, I, this is three specific events. Dino what DNA. It, what it means for today. I would say in 2006, the movie The Pursuit of Happiness came out. I would say probably 2008, I saw that movie. In 2008, when I saw The Pursuit of Happiness, there's a scene where he gets a job interview and he needs to write the phone number down so that he can call back for whatever reason. And he's in such a bad situation that he doesn't have a pen in his entire apartment or something to write on. Like, it is... at this point, it's even like not even a, a an apartment or a hotel. It's like a shelter. And so he memorizes the number and goes to the store to get a pen to write on a paper bag to write the number down. Yeah. You remember this scene? I do. I saw that scene and internalized it and was like, I'm going to be able to do that. I'm just going to remember phone numbers. I'm going to practice the skill and I'm going to be good at it. And like when people give me numbers, I'm just going to be able to spit them off just like that. I would say from the years 2008 to 2015, I did this pretty regularly and I did it in front of you. And then one day you called me out on it in a positive way and we're like flexing this ability to other people. And we're like, you won't believe this. Watch this. Tell him your phone number. He'll be able to spit it right back. This actually happened. And you I did it. I, I messed it up so bad. And from that day, I can no longer do this. I ruined it for you. <laughs> you killed it. I am uh, so sorry. You like you. I'm reticent to share that story with anyone. I so I will say this. I don't do the full pursuit of happiness, but I do 
I, I also internalized that, maybe not in the same way you did, but in the way that like, I won't write a phone number down. If I'm gonna like immediately need it, I won't write a phone number down. I'll just fucking say it out loud over and over and over again until I need to type it in. Yes. Or I'll be like 8675309, You know, I could go to the bathroom in the middle of that and I'd still just be sitting there, eight six seven five three oh nine, eight six seven five three oh nine, eight six seven five three oh nine, eight six seven. That must be nice that you can still do that. And some person would like walk in on me and be like, What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm I gotta I gotta call somebody. I have to well, I needed to call the vet, but I have to pee. So. I, I need to call the vet, but I have to pee. Yeah. I'll like look up the phone number and like instead of writing it down, I'll just say it over and over and over again. Well, let's round this bad boy out. Horrible bosses. Do we have any? This is on the low end of how much we've talked about a movie. I will be honest with you, especially recently. We were on a tear there for a while. I know. We were really I don't think disgusting. we talked about anything but a river runs through it. <laughs> um, I would be surprised if that's the truth. I there was a recent li- movie where I don't think we got off topic the entire episode. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, though. A River Runs Through It, I want to watch it again already, but I think for like a totally different vibe than the reason you usually want to rewatch it. A River Runs Through It ruined my life. Fun fact. Why? So I once I made that point, and I might have talked about this last week, but what? yeah, I did talk about this last week. We were talking about Jennifer's Body, the episode I've forgotten to release until this point. Um, but I talked about how once I thought about the fact that he probably died, he probably drowned trying to catch that fish. Mm-hmm. And his brother is just telling the story differently so he gets a less or a differently heartbreaking end. I cannot uh-huh. think about I, I, I've I've since it's caused me to re relitigate every piece of fiction I experienced since then where I'll, I'll be like somebody will be talking about a content at work. I'll be like Mirabelle's been dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why none of this happened. None of it's real. It's all made up because 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 because. She would have heard, she would have very clearly heard Bruno. Well, no, Dolores would have heard Bruno. That's what I mean. Dolores would have. Yeah. And then, because, because, not Camilo, uh, Antonio finds Bruno immediately. Yeah. But like, a river runs through it ruined my life for that reason that I cannot think about any Can't piece th- of fiction correctly. about fiction at all. Like, Boba Fett it's dies all, in the Starlight Pit 100%. It's all Ash's dream the night before he goes to... An asylum. That's why he's been 10. No, 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 no. It's all King's Cross. What? In the movie, in in, in the Harry Potter book and movie, right? When Dumbledore's like, Harry's like, Professor, is any of this real? Or is it just in my head? Dumbledore's like, of course it's in your head, Harry, but that doesn't make it not real. It's all King's Cross. It's King's Cross all the way down. So you think... You think the Dursleys drop off this kid at King's Cross Station? Yeah, and he gets lost and invents a whole future for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, why didn't they stop 9-11? Or World War II? Because exactly. then they would want magical solutions for everything. No, they could do it covertly. It's not. It wouldn't be very hard to assassinate, magically assassinate Hitler. They don't get... You think the Wizarding World would have been on the British's side? Yeah. With that Hogwarts Hanukkah celebration? What? No, I think that, like, he, he, Voldemort is a clear Hitler allegory. Therefore, they hate Voldemort. They hated Grindelwald. They would have not have liked Hitler. I think, because at some point, there's the conversation of, like... Okay, yeah, you can magic Hitler to the death pretty easily, but we could just shoot Voldemort and it works. I agree. If Quentin Tarantino makes Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, that movie's over in five minutes. <laughs> James Potter opens the door. Voldemort shoots him in the face. 
<laughs> Voldemort walks upstairs, shoots Lily Potter in the face, walks outside. Voldemort's been Brad, Brad Pitt the whole time. Movie over. Flies off into the sunset. Big, big musical sting, yellow text on screen, done. Hugo Stiglitz. Oh, I haven't watched that movie in a Samuel L. Jackson is like, one day a wizard showed up to destroy a muggle family. Or a Sam family. Jackson is Hagrid. Sam Jackson is Hagrid. All right, let's wrap this piece. This stupidy doop. <laughs> What are you? Sudoku and Jeopardy. Crossword and Jeopardy. I'm honestly surprised that Sudoku and Jeopardy has literally any votes. I would have thought that those were very different people types. Well, so that's, I think, probably where I land. Yeah, that's what I said. Sudoku and Jeopardy. Yeah, I think it's weird that you land there. <laughs> I would say, based on what I'm seeing here, is it would actually rank out Sudoku, Jeopardy, Crossword, Wheel. Instead of pairing them, there's like a clear one through four. Or not Sudoku top, Jeopardy top, and then Sudoku. Yeah, this is kind of a weird thing. Sudoku beats Crossword in both categories. That doesn't surprise me as much. I would think crossword would be the the one you would brag about, the one you would want to flex. Yeah. Or even if it wasn't actually your favorite, you would like tell people I'm a crossword guy. Yeah, like I've successfully done the New York Times crossword puzzle for 25 days in a row. And like, that's impressive. Right, that makes you better than other people. It does. <laughs> because most people can't Haven't. figure out the crossword. All right. Uh, yeah, give me a listener score when you're ready. <laughs> it does make me better than people. It's not okay, but I mean, it, 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 this is the thing, though. This is the K-Spring High School uh, phenomenon, right? Because, like, we went to a high school that graduated every person in our class. Yeah. And we went to high school where everybody in our class that wanted to go to college got accepted to college. Yes. And I was like, if there were 18 valedictorians, I was the 19th out of in the class, right? Like, I was the first person that didn't get valedictorian. I mean, you got a pewter cup. I did get a pewter cup. But, like, that has, I guess, made me always feel like less intelligent i think than i am mm -hmm. i think you think you're very smart that's my perception i do think i'm very smart okay but like i guess i'm learning to like not really have a problem saying that because like i can do the new york times crossword puzzle 25 days in a row without cheating and i would hazard a guess that like a good percentage of english speakers can't what I, i'd be curious to find out what percentage but like a I lot can, of people a lot of people through no fault of their own, don't graduate high school. But a lot of people through fault of their own don't graduate high school. But that's a world that means, we weren't exposed to. Uh, you and I? Yeah, no, not yeah. at all. I didn't realize that people were effectively dropouts until probably probably seven or eight years after college or after high school. Like they went and finished and graduated and got the diploma, but like didn't, you know, they they weren't, they were, they were checked out for the last year and a half, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they would say that they're going to the local community college and then they would end up in a trade, which is like 100% totally respectable and acceptable. No, absolutely. Like, uh, I'm not, but uh, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody else. I'm trying to say that as far as like online puzzles goes, I am better than most people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I pride myself in being pretty good at Wordle. Um, my since I've started playing, I have, I think, 12 threes and 11 fours. And those are my top two categories. There, but but this is what we don't talk about, though. There are people that fail Wordle every day. I cannot imagine that. There are people that have I, I failed once and I felt I've like an failed. idiot. You got proxy. I got proxy. I don't believe you. I had recently learned a trick where you can use X's to like fill in squares you're unsure about so that you can like fill in the Y at the end or whatever. <laughs> and when I I think when I did that, I saw it and I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also. I had recently started working at an internet company and like proxy is a word that we That's regularly fair. I got today's by sheer. I mean, I would have gotten today's because today was thorn, right? It's not that hard. That's a great word of word. It's yeah. a great word of word. But I think I did like, I did like risen. I did crane, I think. And then risen 
or whatever. Frame I don't know why. Frame is a good word. Yeah, what? You're really using those R's and N's. Yeah. And then, like, I was like, okay, I've got the R and the N in both of these, but nothing else. And then I and I just said, what word kind of like, okay, thorn. And it was just like, done. I was like, oh. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> it was like, I did the, uh, I did the, the, uh, there's a game called global like g-l-o-b-l-e yeah where you like you you just have to guess the random country and the first day i did it i said suriname and it was like that's the correct answer (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like what (laughs) i don't even i would never get that i don't i've never heard of that (laughs) well we we started talking about it uh in the office because beth was the first person to get on this like global trend Mm mm-hmm and so then it was it was a popular culture premiere on YouTube and a bunch of people were like, how many of the world's countries do you think you could name? And I was like, I don't know, probably 140. And you name 140 countries. I abs- I And I have since checked. There's an app called Satera, which is like Sporko with maps. And yeah, I can name over 140. <laughs> That's insane. That's how my brain works. Listener score is a 76 for this movie. 76. Also, listeners, um, Tyler is sorry he didn't post the score request earlier. <laughs> I am sorry. It's on my list. It's literally on my work to-do list. And I have it on my work calendar. Like, I usually... In the past, I've just known, like, Tuesdays I have to post the thing, and Tuesday night we record the podcast. That's just been a mainstay for four years now. Um, And recently, I wanted to get a lot of, like, the dates out of my head, so I put them in my work calendar. Yeah. So now, like, on my work calendar, every Tuesday, there's a big yellow box at the end of the day that says, like, bacon and eggs in the movie we're recording on. And, like... It's supposed to trip me to remind myself, like, oh, post for the scores. And I forgot. Anyway. Why don't you uh, set it for Monday? That's not a bad idea. Like, just say, like, Monday, ask for bacon and egg scores. Oh, yeah. I could do that for sure. Uh, 69.45, which rounds down to a 69 for the round whole number. Uh, 69 beats out Don't Look Up, uh, Jennifer's Body, and Red Notice loses to Eternals. I don't exactly know how I feel about that. Although I think. Oh, this is better than Eternals. I think Eternals is going to be one that Tyler defends to the grave. I think this is one Eternals is one that um, I do think you will end up being right about it, but not because it is a good movie because there is a sequel that makes it a good movie. Yeah, I think I'm right. I think you're right about that. Like this is about to happen. I would I would almost guarantee this is about to happen to Crimes of Grindelwald. I uh, I kind of hope not. Where like they make Secrets of Dumbledore and it's good enough and and drags back enough of those scenes that make Crimes of Grindelwald make sense, but you still can't like you still can't make it a good movie, but you can make right. it you can you make can, it you can better. You can fix the full narrative. You can fix the narrative, but you can't fix the movie. Yeah. And you'll never be able to fix the fact that an hour and 45 minutes of Eternals they were like by the way, there's a god inside of Earth that wants out. Yeah. You also took out some scenes with Sprite that you didn't need to. 69.45. Bacon and Eggs. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. There's a bunch of amazing warriors over there. You get unedited content. If I do say so myself, today's episode, before I've finished even recording, I'll tell you right now. Tenny's probably nearly, got a lot of stuff in this one. It's nearly two hours of content. So if you just listen to this episode for, I don't know how it's going to end up, my guess, I'm throwing it out there right now, hour 17. That's just what I'm throwing out there. You got me saying, are you fucking kidding me, Zoom, you motherfucking piece of shit. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> you got to hear me saying i think uh in order for arby's a few times and if you if you're listening to this just now you got to hear me say are you kidding me <laughs> 
Fortnite. Uh, Bacon and Eggs production WB&E. Late to the party. There's a preview for that show, or maybe not. I don't know if they're going to do a new preview, but Ethan's in that show. Maybe he'll just like sit in front of the microphone and talk about Dungeons and Dragons for like 30 seconds. In a world where there are dungeons. There's no tieflings in Miami. Well, you, you keep quoting the one quote from that trailer said by the person that's not on the show anymore. I know but it, it's not I don't know how to describe it shout out former late to the party member Scott Nicewander go listen to his podcast uh, it's probably not aliens uh, anywhere podcasts are given away or for free it's not a WBD product it's just a pretty good show also listen to late to the party we just crossed 100,000 downloads new episodes super dope um, and we've recorded three more since then and they're also super dope we got a jalapeno popper I figured I was just letting you pop that mm-hmm. once you pop the fun don't stop anyway big and exit production WDB and Pete I quit I'm done. I, I'm over it. Bacon e egg. Bacon and... Hold I got this. Bacon and Eggs is the production of the WBNE Podcast Network. For more podcasts like this one, the one you're listening to, like Late to the Party, and like all of our great other shows, go to WBNE.org or search for any of those shows wherever podcasts are sold or given away for free. My name's Ethan Hill. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon. Vaishan Designs on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. AndrewScottBellMusic.com. He's Tyler Carlin. I'm Ethan Hill. And until next time, arrivederci. Uh, Redison?